For UT Tyler Radio 99.7 KVUT, I'm Mike Landis. The recent Chinese balloon incident brought to light a number of issues for America. The 200-foot-long balloon that floated over the U.S. for days before it was shot down, China claiming it was a weather balloon, evidence recovered suggests it was being used to spy on us. With us to discuss this matter is UT Tyler political science professor Robert Sturkin. He's a senior Fulbright scholar, the author of a trio of books and various articles, and we're glad to have you with us today. Well, glad, glad to be here. Thank you. Now, you've traveled and studied pretty extensively in Asia and China specifically. What do you make of the current state of diplomatic relations between the U.S. and China? It's not terribly unusual. Not saying Things aren't terribly different than they have been in the past. But, uh, yeah, we're certainly at a, at, a, at a more tense moment. Not that we haven't been more, haven't been tense before, but it's we're at a more tense moment than we have been in in probably the, since maybe you know twenty fifteen or so. There's a congressional movement uh, afoot. Uh, Mike Gallagher is out of Wisconsin. Congressional uh, Gallagher has been appointed to head a um, a committee that will look specifically at the security issues from China. I think that the U.S. government is is trying to assess. Um, the, the Chinese intentions and and to uh, kind of uh, pick our way forward and how 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 we'll go forward from here. China has more than 1.4 billion people. The U.S. is four times smaller than that. Would we would they have a military advantage if push came to shove? Let's say over Taiwan. <laughs> Sheer numbers wise, uh, you know, China's not running out of people. Uh, Population wise, it's it's shrinking uh, in ways that weren't weren't expected. Uh, in part because of its one-child problem, there is in China a, uh, a reticence uh, to engage uh, the United States. Uh, there is a respect widely for uh, U.S. capabilities, and there is um, – in academic circles, it's a respect for our way of thinking and our way of, of, of addressing the world. And so – you know, I'm a little less hawkish and a little less concerned about that uh, overall because of, A, the nature of, of a lot of the Chinese uh, officials and their respect for the United States military capabilities. But also um, uh, the U.S. diplomatic circles, I think, are, are, are really tuned in to, to alleviating some of that stress. Uh, going back to Taiwan for just a moment. One of the things I have found interesting over these past years is that um, – let's take the semiconductor uh, incident or the semiconductor issue as a for instance, in which so much of that production is taking place in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And uh, the United States, when we started running out of chips and couldn't build cars and couldn't do this, that, and the other, said, uh, suddenly there's a national act saying we're going to put money and start building them here right. even if it is cheaper to do it over there. Uh, in fact, I just spoke to someone recently who's talking about bringing some of that to East Texas. Yes. But, yeah. but as I wonder if there is a – would there be a de-emphasis? There's so much Western money that's in Taiwan. Yeah. Boy, that'd be hard to let go of. Yes. And, and the Chinese are acutely aware of this as well. Um, I think that that's, that's part of their concern with, uh, with, with the takeover of Taiwan. Uh, there's this – this concern that that they would kill the golden goose, so to speak, and that's that's a real uh, valid concern for them. Uh, and I think the other side for them is is where the golden goose is going and what's happening to it. And and I think for them that's also a valid concern. Uh, it, you know, it depends on your perspective, of course. Yeah. But 
I think that the the United States thinking about um, the production of those kinds of uh, items for security concerns in the United States is is wise. I mean, we 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 certainly ought to be ought to be producing our own chips uh, so that we don't have that sort of uh, a security concern for us. Exactly. Yeah. Any final thoughts to kind of wrap up the whole perspective of the U.S.-China relations? From yeah. a guy who's been there? Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a couple of things I wanted to say about that, I think. That I think um, when I was in China, the, uh, the Chinese academics um, questioned me at length and uh, repeatedly at different institutions about uh, U.S. education and U.S. institutions and the way that we are, handle our students. They are concerned about the uh, innovation or the lack of innovation in Chinese students and in, and in Chinese institutions. And they want to know how it is that Americans – they ask me this over and over – how does it Americans uh, do so much of this thinking outside of the box – thing that we do. And I repeatedly, I told them over and over again, I don't think that there's a magic formula for it, but I do think that it's about this, this idea of, of challenging uh, authority or challenging uh, a situation, uh, even your professor. It's about, it's about critical thinking that allows you to be, to be outside the box, so to speak, and that we free up Americans to do that and where China has not done as much of that, the freeing up of their, of their students to do that sort of thing. There's a lot of you've got to fit in within the mold or, or what's, what's expected. That's very much of the Chinese culture. Yeah, it really is. When I, I sat I, – first I went into the classroom in uh, Jilin University. They sent a Chinese Communist Party official into the classroom with me and the man sat on the front row. And all the students weren't in the room yet, but the first thing he said to me was, begin your lecture. And he was, he commanded me to get, begin the lecture, and then he was going to monitor the content of the lecture. And in doing so, the Chinese Communist Party was shaping the classroom experience for the students and shaping what's happening in that, in that experience. That is a weakness in my estimation for what they are and what they're about. Um, and I think that that's it's well it's understood in academic circles. A lot of the academics are uh, you know educated in other parts of the world, and they understand that that freedom of thinking is important. So that's one of the things I would say uh, about going forward with the Chinese that there is a uh, there's a there's a cultural difference that's that's causing them issues. Um, there was another point I wanted to make too. I think that. Uh, that are going forward uh, as we think about uh, sp Chinese spies and hacking and balloons and security risk, that it's important to understand that there's a difference between Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party and the larger Chinese population. So I, I think it's, I think our saving grace is in, in, in world in, in the world or in going forward is in the Chinese population there it's a it's a it's a beautiful people with a with a long history and with a keen understanding of lots of the same kinds of values that you'd find Americans have our guest has been UT Tyler political science professor Dr. Robert Sturkin I'm Mike Landis for UT Tyler Radio 99.7 KVUT